that if you want to know what it looks like when a planet just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter, you get Venus. You get puddles of lead and clouds of sulfuric acid. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the white noise behind me. It's slowly going down now. That's the air conditioner. Uh, the sound you hear on my end is uh, sweat falling off of my face. <laughs> and it sounds like white noise because it's fall- It's like a waterfall. Yeah, that's right. It's just so constant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're having a heat wave, and uh, I, I have a friend who lives in Seattle who was telling me they're having a heat It's like 95 degrees and humid there, which is unusual. Yeah, and, that's crazy. If it's 95 degrees in Seattle, then it's all over. Yeah. And those p- people in certain climates, like there, often don't have air conditioners because they don't need it. They don't need it. Yeah. yeah. Or it's so rare. Uh, so, Yeah. So there, um, yeah, so it's hot. It's hot. Speaking of hot, mm-hmm. we did a hot show the other night. Uh, oh, this is true. And hot in every way. Hot in, <laughs> and and uh, it was uh, some uh, the hosts of the non sequitur show, uh, Kyle and Steve, invited mm-hmm. us on, and we had an hour and a half discussion on YouTube Live. Which is something I've never done. It was an interesting experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been, I think one time I did a podcast that was live, um, but not nothing like this to that extent. So every, it, I tried not to visualize that everyone in the world is watching because they could. And so they I could. don't see why That's they right. wouldn't. They could all tune in. Yes. Uh, I will put a link to that on our webpage, uh, whattheif.com, and you will be able to go see us uh, do a special What The If, extended What The If with Kyle and Steve, which was a blast, uh, on the Flat Earth topic, taking it even further mm-hmm. than we did in previous episodes. Right to the edge of the Flat Earth. Yes. And beyond. Turns out when you go beyond, you just wind up on the other side. It's horrible. Uh Nobody has yet figured out how to fall off the flat Earth. That's something we're yeah, still, we're working on it, though. Working on it. The, the, the flat Earth space program continues apace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but g- considering the heat, though, now that we've fallen into this squalor of uh, schwitziness, which a word I've used before, which, again, outside of New York, I'm not sure how many people understand it. Uh, one of our listeners, actually, uh, I think it was Jay Harrison, uh, mentioned that he's in Alabama, if I'm remembering cor- correctly, and he mm. said the way they they have a word there where they say the air is close. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that was that, interesting. That's evocative. That's a, that's a yeah. good way of saying it. Um, and so that made us think of temperature. And this week we're going to do a special what the if on temperature. And before I get to that, though, some of you may not know what I'm talking about. What the if? Why is there a the? Everyone knows what if. We get it. Mm-hmm. There's actually quite a number of podcasts called What If or What If. Um, but there isn't any podcast called What The If. I've, I've, I think I've heard of one. 
That's, that's oh, ours. That, oh, <laughs> I see. I forgot the other word. The word <laughs> other. <laughs> why is why why do we throw a the in there? What's with that? Uh, is that a participle? What do you call that? It is. So uh, I don't know what quite quite what part of speech that would be, but uh, yeah. we use that to represent our. Um, uh, uh, outrage and horror at the the world we have created with our if. That's right. That's right. And given this heat wave and and ultra ultra humid, we need, I need to emphasize that if you don't it live in a particularly hum- nasty one. Yeah. yeah. If you don't live in a humid climate, it's interesting. Actually, I wonder how you know. We always talk about people who don't grow up with snow, for instance, and the first time they see it, it's like, wow, there's snow. Mm-hmm. I'd heard about it, but I never experienced it. I want humidity must be the same thing. Like if you don't grow up in a humid climate, um, it's just lame. And and what it does is it takes that outrage that we would otherwise have by saying <laughs> what if and turns it into some sort of phlegmatic malaise. Like, uh, what the yeah. Yeah. Uh. And so we're going to stand up on top of that. And we're going to say, what if we could, what the if, see already, i to wake up and pour some cold water on my head. What mm-hmm. the if we could adapt to higher temperatures? Um, in other words, actually, here's the thing, that the world is getting hotter. Yep. And it's going to be, it's, it could already be happening. You know, we already could be feeling unusual effects uh, unprecedented we are around sure some places are yeah, yeah. and um so actually let me take one step back the what the if is what if the world were heating up faster than yeah. it is even it was, faster. yeah what if it gets hot and it stays that way and keeps going yeah it's limitless it's a runaway greenhouse effect mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's an important venus term, actually that's uh sometimes people don't talk about is that greenhouse effects um uh, have a feedback loop in them. So as the one, I mean, there's a few different mechanisms, but one of the major ones here on earth is, um, that carbon dioxide in the ocean in solution, like mm. the same way it is like in Pepsi. Right? Oh, is Pepsi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the amount of carbon dioxide that the ocean can hold depends on temperature. So the hotter water is, the less carbon dioxide it can hold. So, okay. So don't heat up your, this is why you should cool your beverages if you want a nice crisp seltzer or something. Ah. Because it can hold more carbon dioxide. So, as the oceans heat up, um, some of the carbon dioxide that's in them comes out into the atmosphere. It's unable, the ocean is unable to hold that carbon dioxide anymore. It's now that squeezed it's out. Yeah. So then that carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere. Which then, and since carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, that increases the temperature of the planet, which increases the temperature of the ocean, which releases more carbon dioxide. Ooh. And greenhouse gas means what? Uh, greenhouse gas is a descriptor for things like carbon dioxide uh, that will, if you pump them into um, an atmosphere or a container of gas, will increase the overall temperature. Will in- oh, right, okay, so any gas that will increase the temperature. And that has something to do with, in other words, there are other gases, for instance, nitrogen is most of what the atmosphere is, right? Mm-hmm. Like 80% of is nitrogen or something. But that doesn't, 
that must hold in a certain amount of heat. Yeah. So, I mean, any, any, uh, well, that's not correct. Um, most gases will hold in a certain amount of heat. You can also have anti-greenhouse gases like sulfur dioxide, oh. um, which if you pump them into the high atmosphere will reflect light back. Um, so, uh, yeah. So depending on what the gas is or what the substance is and where it is in the atmosphere, you can get either a heating or a cooling effect. Right. Now here's, here's the funny thing about, um, the gas. Let me take one second, by the way, just again, to explain if you're totally new here, what we do is we change one thing. We change one thing. We allow ourselves one thing and everything else has to stay exactly the same. So, the only thing we're changing, to reiterate, in this episode is that the rate of global warming is faster. So, the, it's hard to, I still find it a little bit hard to visualize that why these gases make the earth hotter. It, it seems to have something to do with basically the gases in the air, the atmosphere, are acting like a one-way mirror that that the sunlight mm -hmm. come all the photons and the radiation from the sun uh, comes in through the atmosphere mm -hmm. and but that's not a t it's not it's harder for it to get out yeah i think that's a a fine metaphor actually uh -huh. um is it is uh a, uh, a one, it's a kind of a one way gate yeah. for light um so the light energy comes in from the sun and heats up the earth, but then is trapped by the atmosphere, by the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Um, uh, so the energy hangs out instead of radiating out into space. Right. And I should say that um, you don't, we would not want a planet without any greenhouse effect. So without oh. some greenhouse effect, the earth would be uninhabitable. Right. It would just be, we'd be freezing. It would be too cold. Yeah. Right. right. Um, so we need to have some. Right, it's a little. It is literally a space blanket. Yes, <laughs> for the Earth instead of silver, a blanket between us and space. That's yeah. right. It's a little blanket, and um, and, and it, over the geological history of the Earth, the amount of greenhouse effect we've had has varied greatly. So, if you time traveled back to the dinosaurs, it would be you would be schwitzing like you would not believe. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, yeah, so there's a huge amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere from all the uh, volcanic activity. Wow. So it'd be very hot and the air would be very close. Yeah. Right. Okay. And sorry, and when we, uh, at least when I imagine, I see the, the pictures, artists' conceptions of dinosaur world, it's very rainforesty. Yeah, kind of jungly, right? Yeah. And I guess they need a lot to eat anyway. So, mm -hmm. um, and actually, in greenhouse, it's funny, it's like those of us who live in an urban environment, aren't as familiar with a greenhouse. I mean, you could be. Yeah, that's right. And the, a word of warning here that um, greenhouses actually work on a different effect than oh. the greenhouse effect. Ah. <laughs> um, so it's actually a misleading term, unfortunately, but it's one of these things uh, where since everybody uses the term, we use it. So what can you do? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So the only similarity is basically that in a greenhouse where you keep plants the idea is it stays, which if you go to an arboretum, if you live in a city, you can mm -hmm. go to probably a magnificent arboretum. We have a few in New York. Yeah, the um, New York Botanical Gardens up in the Bronx. They're yeah, amazing. spectacular. And in uh, Brooklyn, we have, a, we have one as well. Not mm -hmm. quite as gigantic, but uh, yeah, and you can go in the greenhouse and it's, it's always warm and humid. And it isn't necessarily because they're pumping any heat 
in, they're not using the heater necessarily. Um, okay. There is literally uh, a glass. Uh, yeah, so, so greenhouses physically trap the hot air. Right, um, right. And sort of metaphorically, that's the kind of effect we get from greenhouse gases, right? So we get a layer of warmth where we wouldn't otherwise. So that's why we use the term, um, but it's a different physical thing. Right. It's a gas instead of a glass. Yeah. So um, all of this, car here's another little bit of a hard concept, I'll say, to visualize, that in the water is a gas. And I'll take mm -hmm. one step even further that I've always found a little bit harder to imagine. For instance, in geology, they will talk about, um, well, for, even in astrobiology, the, the, they'll take meteors. We can get meteors from Mars that land in Antarctica, for instance, mm -hmm. and they find them. Uh, actually, meteors anywhere. And the scientists are able to go in there and find gases that have been trapped in there that are from Mars. Yeah. And that's one of the ways they know that's pretty cool. <clears throat> that's incredible. So there's a, there are in the water. Now we understand, like you said, Pepsi, um, or I must say my preference, Coca-Cola products. <laughs> uh, I, I rejected the, the, I just couldn't, I never went with anything that my generation did. And so the Pepsi generation, I also just rejected. Uh, so even the taste test didn't persuade you? Actually, the taste test definitely made me like, I definitely noticed the difference in taste. Huh, and I like Coke better. Pepsi seems always a little bit more sweet. Uh, and, then Mike, and, then, and then Michael Jackson's hair burned, uh, caught on fire in the middle oh, of yeah, Pepsi. Oh, yeah, I can understand that. And I was like, see? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not good for you. Because I have, I, at times, I have had similar hair to what Michael Jackson had at the time. So, uh, yeah, the, so, so, okay, yeah, a, a soda has when I pop the bottle cap fizzes and, and that is a gas coming out. But when I look at the water, I don't see any, it's just liquid. And so, Oh, it, you're wondering like where the carbon dioxide right, is in my mind. It's like whatever was in there was, well, it was a liquid and then turns into a gas when it comes out. Oh, so the way we say this is we say the gas is in solution, um, which is, uh, I guess uh, kind of hard to visualize. It's essentially that the the molecules of the gas are trapped in between the molecules of the water. Okay, you just okay. have to take that on faith. So yeah, so sorry. So it's not that they're bonded like you would get with a, a chemical reaction, right? Um, but more like uh, if you remember those ball pits at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, of and you would dive in and disappear. Yeah. Into the balls. I wouldn't, but um, others. So you're you're the carbon brave. dioxide, and yeah. the balls are the water. Interesting. Okay. So what happens is, for some reason, so you say they're not bonded, so they're sort of individual molecules of carbon. Yeah, that would be fine. Dioxide yeah. are floating around probably, yeah. in the mm -hmm. water, and so they're they're not acting like a gas while in the water. That's right. They're, they're when they're in solution, they have their own properties right but they there's something about the molecule that makes it want to leap out if it can when the pressure is released uh yeah that's right so the um there's a there's a comfortable amount 
a sort of a natural amount of a gas that can hang out in a liquid in solution in the same way that in the ball pit, there's a certain number of kids. Mm-hmm. That can yeah. Fit, right? yeah. Um, and then you can change that by changing the temperature and pressure of the, um, of the liquid. Right. So right, right. pressure is sort of the more, I think, easily visualizable one. Yeah. Right. You're, if you literally push more kids into the pit, yeah. <laughs> you'll get more kids into it. So it's the same way with carbon dioxide. It's like if you've got a soda stream machine right. that makes seltzer for you, that is literally just cramming carbon dioxide molecules in between the water molecules right, okay. just through sheer force. Right, right. And, and it's true. When I look into the water, it's not that I'm, there's some gas bubbles that I'm missing, but mm-hmm. uh, you do see bubbles when if for some reason the pressure starts to, is lessening and they can... What is it? Then they jump together and start acting um, like a Yeah, gas. that's right. So bubbles um, like to form on other bubbles. So if a couple of gas molecules get together ah. and hang out, then they'll attract more, like a big dance party. Right, right. And champagne as well. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who are classier, are classier um, listeners. And that's why, I should say, and that's why shaking um, something like Pepsi or champagne makes it fizzy is ah. when you shake you're putting bubbles into it right by forcing uh, air yeah. down into uh-huh. the liquid yeah yep. so since bubbles like bubbles when you put bubbles in you get more bubbles out ah, so air bubbles go in mm-hmm. and those the carbon dioxide in this case the carbon dioxide yeah goes and gloms onto those makes its own bubbles next to regular air bubbles ah fascinating and yeah. yeah, and you pop the lid, and then it all explodes. Uh, th- then there's the Mentos thing, which I think is something else. Uh, which is something else, yeah. Yes. Uh, so the Pacific Ocean, but for instance, uh, I was reading, there's an amazing kind of haunting article about Amelia, Amelia Earhart. Uh, you know, there continue to be periodically these new clues mm-hmm. discovered as people continue to research, <clears throat> excuse me, the mystery of uh, what happened to Amelia Earhart. <clears throat> Excuse me. While she was trying to fly around the world, and, right. and her partner, uh, to, oh yeah, I don't remember his name. Yes, it starts with a T. I'll think of it in a second. Uh, and so, um, the, the, anyway, one of the new clues that came out that was kind of fascinating was that some people around the world heard heard distress calls on the radio, like a very small amount, and it would it was not people that would have been closer. It was just simply mm-hmm. as this could be for another what the if actually a fascinating phenomenon of the way radio works with the atmosphere, and uh, it can bounce all over the place. Anyway, but part of this article, what they were describing was how hard it was. You know, some people think, oh, if we simply heard her, we you know why couldn't they find her? She was in the Pacific, and and they explained that people don't understand how big the Pacific Ocean is. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely true. The Pacific Ocean is larger than all the continents combined. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, obviously then larger than all the other oceans. But if you took mm-hmm. all the oceans and put them together, the, the planet, is it 75% ocean? Um, something like two-thirds. Two-thirds. check the percentage. 66.66666. Uh, percentage of the surface of the ocean, uh, of the earth is water. And and the article also mentioned whatever, how, how we're, it's also the deepest, the Pacific is the deepest basin on the planet and basically the amount of water is extraordinary and so if you can think about what happens to one pepsi or coke bottle <laughs> yes. uh 
when you opened it, imagine that, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to imagine, but on a global scale. And but to be fair, I mean, when we look at the ocean, you don't see the gas coming out because it's not coming out at a... Um, like yeah, a, it's coming out like one bubble at a time. So Exactly. It's not coming out at the rate that uh, in my dorm in college, there was a fascination with taking uh, Milwaukee's best beer. Yeah. yeah, just drinking that anyway is a hazard. Don't, don't try, try that at home. Or other beer. I don't want to, you know, come down too hard on Milwaukee's best in particular. They might be I, a I'm okay with coming down. Up. They could be a sponsor. <laughs> We might have to begin with walk, work our way up to Heineken. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, they would shake the can, right? And then they would take a pen and punch a hole in it and <laughs> go spraying all over the place. Um, yeah. And that is why my dorm room smelled the way it did. That sounds right. <laughs> so that's happening very slowly all over the oceans. And that's because the planet is heating up. Mm -hmm. And so... Heating it up. Actually, now temperature is a little bit like the, temp the temperature makes the molecules vibrate. That's what temperature is. Uh, well, it might be more accurate to say that when we say temperature, we right. mean molecular vibrations. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. It's, so temperature is our shorthand for that fairly complex phenomenon. Right. So energy goes in and, yeah. and, and more energy that goes in um, coming in in the form of light from the sun. Um, it shakes, you know, all that energy starts to vibrate all the molecules in the ocean. And that is like shaking the ocean. Yeah, that's right. And the, and the ocean then has a harder time holding on to the carbon dioxide that's dissolved in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, the fish might think it's, a, aside from the fish saying, it's schwitzy down here today. <laughs> what is going on? It's so warm. This water shouldn't be so warm. Did we suddenly... Look, when you go in the ocean, sometimes, you know, did somebody pee in the ocean? Well, and this, um, when we say the ocean, right. it's kind of, it's, a, it's an unfair summary. Right. Mm. Uh, so like, as you said, the Pacific Ocean is gigantic. Right. And not just wide, but deep. So some parts of it are warm and some parts of it are cool, relatively speaking. Right. right. Um, and that'll change from place to place and depth to depth. And the critters that live there in, in any given particular spot, right. uh, say the fish, are used to it being a certain temperature. Right. 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 Yeah. And they definitely prefer it. They're, they're, literally, they have evolved mm -hmm. to, to be in harmony with that. Yeah. And like we mammals have, um, have, have some cool tricks up our sleeve that we often don't pay enough attention to. Mm. Um, and one of them is uh, homeostasis, meaning that our bodies can kind of keep themselves the way they are at any given moment. Uh -huh. And that's most importantly is for us is temperature. Right. So even if it's schwitzy outside or cold outside, our bodies have all kinds of cool, interesting mechanisms. I almost said cool mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to keep us at 98.6 degrees, more or less. Ah, right. Right. Um, so that's, so that's an amazing thing, which is why we can live anywhere on the planet huh. um, with help, right? You know, right. Clothes help and um, houses help and so on. Right. Um, but if you take a fish that's used to being at, um, let's say, 50 degrees 
Fahrenheit right. water and put it in 50 degrees. Or it's used to 50, you put it in 60. Right. Um, it's going to freak out because yes. it doesn't have any mechanism to keep itself at 50 degrees. Right. Yes, he's going to be very hot. He's going right. to feel it doesn't it. have that trick that yeah. we have. Right. He may fear that he he or she has suddenly wound up in a restaurant in a seafood restaurant, <laughs> and which might be a better alternative. Um, <laughs> but the uh, so that fishy, when we say it's evolved to be at fifty degrees, um, we we don't mean it's comfy at fifty degrees. Oh, uh-huh. we we mean that the the biochemical reactions that keep it alive ah. work best at 50 degrees. Right. Right. And it may be that it works best at 50 and okay at 55 and not at all at 60. That's right. And, right. and descendants, its descendants might evolve. Well, in fact, they would. If, if, if there's going to continue to be fish in this region, let's say, that's heating up, Mm-hmm. Then <clears throat> its descendants, but it would be perhaps many, many, many generations right. before that species has adapted and is now happy at sixty. And yet, if the water keeps at uh, sixty Fahrenheit, let's say, and and then the water mm-hmm. keeps heating up, it the here's what's happening basically. He the world is heating up faster, and definitely in our scenario, regardless of what you think about global warming, although you should believe it. Uh, but what we're saying in our scenario here is we're speeding it up even. So for sure, the earth is heating up, the ocean is heating up faster than evolution can keep up. Yep, that's right. It's it's this kind of race, um, which which happens a lot in Darwinian-style evolution. So not just with temperature, but with resources generally. Right, um, right, right. Is, is the environment changing faster than the species can adapt? And sometimes the answer is yes. And then they go extinct, and sometimes the answer is no, and you get new and interesting species. Right. And so um, the, the real threat to species is, because uh, this too, I'm not sure I, I, I'm often able to see in such urgent terms, like perhaps we should, uh, mm-hmm. because see, imagine the, the earth heating up faster, even if you're not thinking that it's heating up so fast that you even notice it in your lifetime, although I think we are starting to, um, what's happening is think of evolution, think of species, think of animals of whatever kind you want or plants, and then think of the earth heating up and think of that race. And basically, um, the species is not able to adapt. And so its population starts to go down. And it is possible for the heat to basically outrace all life on the planet. Yep. Um, yeah, and different kinds of life are sensitive to it in different ways. So like right. coral, for instance, is super sensitive to um, temperature variations. Mm. And also coral can't go anywhere, right? When the fish gets too hot, right. it can swim and try to find a cooler spot. Right. The coral can't do that. So if you get a change in actually just a few degrees that will kill off um, coral. And so because of that, and also because coral's, you know, visual and, you know, it's bright colors and such, you get, it's, it's a great, uh, or terrible, depending on your point of view, right. um, marker for these sorts of problems. Whereas mammals, because we, ha- we can self-regulate our temperature, we don't notice the significance of the temperature changes 
so much. Right. right. And um, but a lot of our food sources do. Uh, okay. You know, there's there's a reason that uh, you grow crops at certain latitudes, right? And not others, right? You don't um, go cr- you don't grow corn in Greenland. Yeah, and you don't grow mangoes in North Dakota. Ah, right. Um, Because some of these plants are very sensitive to temperature. Right. So it's not, so when we say the earth is getting hotter, it's not just that we're going to be schwitzing in Brooklyn. It's that suddenly Nebraska can't grow corn anymore. Right. Yes, exactly. And even that, it's funny because automatically my mind goes to, well, okay, we'll come genetically modify something but um it's it, it's interesting because it's easier for me to imagine animals having trouble and animal populations dying from heat particularly mm-hmm. mammals obviously and uh, whereas plants whenever i think about it i feel like oh it starts heating up well in fact actually i think about what you said that in the age of the dinosaurs life was flourishing on a much hotter planet so what's the problem uh the problem is that what you're saying is that, that global warming, if it continues to increase, especially speed it up, and in their current scenario, you're going to race through dinosaur temperate <laughs> pretty quick temperature yeah. really right. fast. And so, in fact, the, the the now the dinosaurs ended up dying from the asteroid, which caused other problems. It was actually more of a, a darkening and a cooling. Mm-hmm. cooling but yeah. but if the temperature continued to heat up, keep going generation after generation, all those dinosaurs are going to die. Mm-hmm. We're basically, this is going from Earth to Venus. Yep, that's right. This is the great, um, as I said uh, early on, it's this runaway greenhouse effect. Yeah. Is that if you want to know what it looks like when a planet just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter, you get Venus. You get puddles of lead and clouds of sulfuric acid. <clears throat> All right, then here. Again, <laughs> two-parter. It's, 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 this is becoming a pattern, which is fine. We're evolving the show. and. Uh, um, Often we begin with an idea so audacious, <laughs> so full of gall. Uh, the the in what the if is so large, and the question mark towers even higher than any man can climb in one episode. We continue in part two. And uh, I definitely, it's interesting now because I, I have a better understanding. And I appreciate that of the carbon dioxide, for instance, just this simple mechanism, which is when we talk about climate change and global warming uh, and greenhouse effect, it really comes, you're saying that that is that the vast majority of the mechanism is the carbon dioxide coming out of it or carbon monoxide? Um, it is, it is a major part, right? we would say. Yeah. Major part. And, and because it's a feedback loop, it will become a larger part with time. Right. And I guess the other thing is the actual, our actual gases that we put into the air, pollution, those are, can also be greenhouse. Yep. Those are also greenhouse gases. They could be, yeah. right. So, well, yeah. Well, um, so, but the notion, it, it's more like, what the if Earth was on its way to becoming Venus? Yeah. Okay. And so, what's going to happen? And, and it is possible. We have no idea. I, I think it's possible that Venus could have begun with life on it. Right, we have no yeah. idea. I mean, we can see mm-hmm. so little of Venus, um, and we've—I think we've landed a couple uh, 
ships on the planet that survive for very small periods of time. Um, and, and, and Mars as well. We have the interest, the Goldilocks situation. And um, so Venus may very well have gone through this situation um, where things were living. So what we're going to say is imagine our life now. Imagine even dinosaur, super hot world, Jurassic heat. And we're going to go even higher and higher and higher. All right, we'll crank it. it up. Feel it. I was just, I, I went blank because my, it just, the heat just shut. <laughs> Blew up your brain. Shut off the brain. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for ifing with us. Uh, we all are ifers. And you have, you are now an ifer. If you haven't done it before, welcome. If you've done it before, put another, those, those little campaign badges that like you wear in the military. Oh, that's a good idea. Put yeah. that on. Now we need, oh, we need a little campaign so a little mm-hmm. global warming go on there there'd be another one for flat earth etc um, and uh, know that we don't uh, we are not suck stuck suck <laughs> you're not suck or stuck or saddled when you try to say suck st- <laughs> when you try to say <laughs> stuck and saddled at the same time you get suck so yeah. we are not stuck with only doing ideas that we go with we would love for you to send us off in these audacious directions i know that you listening right now can come up with a what the if so large that we don't even see the top of the question mark it's just, it just looks like a dot and then a, you know a pole that starts going up into the sky and we don't know so it could be an exclamation mark or it could be a question mark we don't know it doesn't matter to us mm-hmm. email us your idea you can email us at feedback at whattheif.com. And as that email address implies, feedback, send us feedback. Yeah, let us know. Like the greenhouse effect is a runaway feedback loop, as you said. So create a feedback loop of runaway positive comments. Imagine, (laughs) I I dare not even imagine the other direction. Um, The more positive comments you send, the more hope we have of bringing the dinosaurs back. And I think that's a good thing. Because they'll, they'll be so happy. They'll be like, they'll be so much praise. Oh, you're such a lovely dinosaur. Hope so. We got an email that says the Brontosaurus is a beautiful dinosaur. Um, go to our website, whattheif.com, and you can see uh, pictures of all of our other episodes. And you can listen to those episodes, or you can just marvel at the gorgeous cover art. Uh, and subscribe. Click the subscribe button wherever you are, however you do it, however you're listening. If you're listening to this as a one-off on the web or uh, just checking it out within your podcatcher, hit subscribe. If you thought this was great, hit subscribe, and then you won't have to think about it anymore. We all lead very busy lives. Just let, the, just like the greenhouse effect. Again, just like you know, global warming. The episodes will just continue to pile up on your device. But you have a solution, and that's listen to them and have fun. Also follow us on Twitter. On Twitter, we are at What the If Show. We have zillions of you there. Um, there's no limit. There's no cap. So there's no building up pressure. There's simply building up uh, chatter and stimulation from other humans and bots uh, of all accents, not just Russian. But there's a lot of uh, cheers to all you Russians and um, whatever drink. What do they drink in Russia that might be carbonated? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know what their carbonation of choice is. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, dear Russian listeners. Uh, we have we share all kinds of science, science news, science oddities, and all that kind of stuff. We can discuss our shows. Matt, thank you for cranking up the heat this week. Yep. All right. Next week, we will turn the air conditioner on high for as long as it lasts. Eventually, it's going to have no effect. That's an interesting question. How, no, uh, how much is, energy well, yeah, will we, we need? Tackle it next time, actually. Yeah. That is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and isn't it that the air conditioning itself makes adds to global warming? Yeah. There's a couple of ways of thinking about that. Yeah. So yeah. we should tackle that next time. You are your own worst enemy. Uh, almost always. Human. Yeah. Human. We will then try to... We, we, we will take off... And this is radio... Huh. Audio, so you don't have to see this. But we will take off as many clothes as possible to try to stay cool. <laughs> and again, I... join us. You know, again, it's not a visual thing, so we can do it. Maybe one way we get through it. Yeah, whether or not we should is another question. Debatable. For the planet. Right. And just doing that <laughs> will be enough to cause us to say, What? The... If, 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 if. Bye now.